The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Bustler, but everybody else in between. Uh, throwing it down. The Twisted Tuesday has uh, begun as the Denver Nuggets survive an epic seven-game war uh, with the Utah Jazz in 80 to a 78 to victory when it's all uh, said and done. The Denver Nuggets will be moving on, and they're getting six points in game one against the Los Angeles Clippers uh, basketball team uh, that is well-rested and uh, waiting for the Denver Nuggets who become just the 12th team in NBA history to come back from a 3-1 series deficit, an epic battle um, you know, throughout the series, an epic battle uh, tonight, in which was a kind of an ugly hard-fought basketball game between two teams that just ran into a wall. Uh, but it's uh, Nikolai Jokic who drops 30 and carries the Denver Nuggets. Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell were both gassed uh, by the end of this uh, basketball uh, game. And uh, the end of the basketball game nearly saw Mike Conley actually win it uh, for the Utah Jazz. But Denver advances and moves on. We'll break it down. It was a wild night uh, in the, in the NBA on the hardwood in the bubble. Uh, the Boston Celtics are up two games to none on the defending champion Toronto Raptors who aren't playing like champions uh, right now. And it's one thing uh, if Boston are winning basketball like games, but the Toronto Raptors just don't seem to be interested. There's no sense of urgency. They're not playing like a team that's defending uh, their championship. But I tell you what, their bench, their much-talked-about uh, bench that dropped 100-plus uh, down on Brooklyn – well, Coach Nick Nurse not trusting him to play. Nick Nurse goes off on the league, goes off on the referees uh, after the game, clearly trying to get some calls. Uh, but the fact of the matter was, hey, listen, Boston kind of deserved uh, the fouls that were called. Boston are taking it to the rack. The Raptors are not. Um, it's pretty simple, not to mention it's old-school Eastern Conference basketball, man. The referees are letting a lot of stuff go in a bubble that they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't uh, with fans. Fans would be on them. Fans do have an influence on referees. We're going to get into this. Uh, we'll get into all the numbers. The Boston Celtics are up two games uh, to none. Let us not forget the Toronto Raptors were down 2 nothing last year uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks. They're also down to the Philadelphia 76ers uh, as well. Raptors are good under pressure, but they're going to have to be better. Pascal Siakam's going to have to be better. The Philadelphia Flyers were better. Sports rate late night has begun. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. You're listening to Sports Rage, Gabe Morenci. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Morenci. As we pick up the pieces following a wild night in the NBA uh, tonight. In a basketball game in which I think, um, you know, you have to be, I guess, um, sort of a younger. You know, I don't like throwing millennials out of the bus. I think millennials get a bad rap. Um, they're not to blame for everything that goes on uh, in the world. Uh, but I saw a lot of people crying about uh, the game. Oh, this game sucks. This is terrible. These teams can't score. Oh, this is a game seven. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, guys actually watched the last dance, but if you didn't, you probably should. Um, that's your history lesson. You should probably watch the last dance. And, you know, all those big shots that Michael Jordan hit late in those basketball games, look up at the scoreboard. You know? Oh, Bulls win 78 <laughs> 76. You know, Bulls win 80 to 78, uh, et cetera. Uh, yeah, look at the scores uh, of like so, so many classic NBA basketball games. That's the way basketball used to be. I know, and it's funny because people watch like a player like Devin Booker or they watch like Trey Young score 48 points in a game and they think that these players are like the greatest players ever suddenly or something like that. Like, suddenly they, they think that, you know what I mean? Oh, no, these players are great. That's basketball. It's like, yeah, whatever, dude. If you want to see 254 points uh, scored in a game, then then watch a Sacramento King-New Orleans Pelicans game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Both those teams got eliminated. Oh, yeah, that where are the Phoenix Suns that score a million? Oh, that's right. They didn't make it. Right? So there's a difference between entertainment and winning. All right. That's what people don't seem to understand. And another thing is, it's amazing to me, too. And it's the Twitterverse. And I say this all the time, but basketball brings out the stupidest and the worst possible takes from people. Um, you know, it, it, ju- it just does. It, it just brings out the worst takes uh, in people, the sport of basketball. Uh, but people don't realize when there's a lot on the line. It doesn't matter whether they're professionals, whether you're in, you know, playing little league baseball, high school football, whatever level of sport that you played, everybody knows. All right. There it's a hell of a lot harder 
when you're under pressure. All right? (laughs) It's a hell of a lot harder when you're under pressure. It doesn't matter what you do. All right? Like, just imagine, like, basically, if somebody even told you, listen, um, next time you tie your shoelaces, if they come undone within, um, you know, if they come undone within a couple of minutes, um, you're fired. And you know what? You could screw up. People screw up under pressure all the time. And, you know, you get into these tense moments. You look at UFC fights, all right? Look at the UFC. The best UFC fights are rarely title fights. There's been a few over the years that are classics. You know, John Jones and Gustafson was awesome. Um, You know, there have been a few. There's been some good title fights over the years, but MMA has been around forever. Uh, But basically, especially in the modern uh, UFC, let's say over like the last five years or so, especially like title fights are usually pretty boring. You know what I mean? Like, look at Adesanya's fights. They're boring. Why? Because the guy's a champion. He doesn't care about entertaining some jackass sitting on a bar stool at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, And, um, you know, or, you know, some dude on Twitter. He cares about winning. Right? So, it's not about pleasing the fan. It's not about pleasing the fan. It's about winning. Now, you get, um, you know, you get into the prelims and stuff. You get these fighters. They're making $8,000. They're making $16,000. They're trying to climb the ladder. They're trying to make a name for themselves. So, therefore, they're going to be better fights. They don't have as much to lose. You know what I mean? Like, there's a ton of fighters that are always in. Oh, he's always in a fight of the night. He doesn't have a good record, but he's always in a fight of the night. Yeah, because he's there to entertain and make money. And it's the same thing in basketball. You know what I mean? Some of these teams are there to entertain and make money and hook up with Instagram models and live a great life and have a fun time. And you know what? I'm not even hating on them for it. But that's not winning basketball. That's not winning basketball. You have to be able to make stops. You have to be able to make a shot when you have to. And it doesn't matter whether you can score 242 points, 246 points in a meaningless regular season game or even in a bubble game in which clearly nobody was playing defense before. I mean, you know, there's a serious pattern to the under, uh, as we saw. So, it, you know, it was a real battle, man. And it really did remind me of the old school, not just old school basketball, but it really did. Like the series, it sort of had that, you know, remember like the Pacers and the Celtics used to play with the, like Chuck Pearson and like Larry Bird, like Reggie Miller, and it'd be trading threes. You'd be like, oh my God. Like, I think people in today's day and age, like, uh, like you know, and I was defending millennials. But, you know, you have to be, like, young not to appreciate just, like, the pressure and the intensity that players go through. Right? But it reminded me, you know, people, I, I, I find that in a modern day and age, people, like, often say everything's the greatest ever and they compare things all the time and... You know, we over-exaggerate and over-inflate and sort of rush people into the Hall of Fame all the time. Oh, Lamar Jackson's the greatest quarterback, and, you know, and, and Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback ever. And, you know, every everything's the greatest ever. But honestly, and I've been watching basketball a long time, man. Honestly, that Donovan Mitchell-Jamal Murray battle 
you know, through those six games really was special that, you you know, to see two players just step up and, you know, these are, it's, it's, it's difficult times in that bubble for these guys. You know, they've been playing every two days. They've been isolated from the world for like, you know, nearly two months now. Um, you know, I don't think people really appreciate, you know, the battle uh, that has gone in. Plus the, you know, the emotional toll of the boycott uh, last week. You could just see how draining it was. Uh, but it reminded me of the old school boxing matches. Just where, like, you know, like, you're, like the first 12 rounds is like the greatest fight in the history of boxing. Like, you know, old school boxing fans will remember Sugar Ray Leonard versus the Hitman Hearns and, um, you know, Marlon Hagler. You know, pretty much those guys fought each other all the time. And it was like 15 round fights. And it was just crazy. Like the first 12, 13 rounds would be nuts, <laughs> like the old school heavyweight fights. And then you watch the last couple of rounds, it's like they they could both barely stand, but they're both just so tough. They're still battling. That's like what it was. I didn't look at it like, oh, these guys are, you know, this is ugly basketball. I look at it like, man, this is like street ball. These guys are laying it all on the line. They laid it all on the line. Great stuff. Utah have nothing to hang their heads about. If you're Denver, well, you know, good news, bad news. The good news is you survived and you move you move on. The bad news is you play Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so, uh, good, good news, bad news. Okay, good news, bad news. Congratulations. Hey, thank you. You know what I mean? And I got to tell you, I'm not about popping champagne and stuff like that, but, you know, definitely worthy of a couple of bottles of wine and beers if you're the Denver Nuggets tonight. And if you're the Utah Jazz... You know, what do you do if you're a Utah player right now? You know what? It's it's pretty late, so are you really going to leave now? It's not like you can get a flight out of Orlando in the middle of the night anyways. So I guess you're there until the morning. I guess you pack up. Some players are probably getting pretty hammered. Like, just how quickly? Like, I'm just wondering, like, has anybody, like, just, like, instantly left the bubble? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you walk off the court, you're eliminated, and you you don't go back to your room. You don't go back to your room. You just, like, walk right out of the bubble in uniform. You know what I mean? And you have somebody waiting outside for you. Sort of like getting out of jail. You know what I mean? You got your ride waiting for you. You come out, you're in uniform, and you're like, let's get the hell out of here. And then conversely, I wonder if any dudes are going to hang around and stay in the bubble. They're going to say, ah, whatever, I'll hang out. I'll watch the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> I got nowhere to be anyways. Four trades late night. We'll crunch some numbers. We'll get to the Raptors, Celtics, and more. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit today. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. All right, let's roll. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I'm Ramsey. A lot of stuff to get to uh, tonight. A lot of college football uh, news. Uh, Big Ten is in. Big Ten is out. Big Ten is in. Big Ten is out. Uh, speaking of out, uh, CBS's SEC uh, college uh, football TV schedule uh, is out. So it's getting realer uh, right now. We'll get into Oklahoma uh, charging um, a lot of money. Uh, to watch uh, the Oklahoma Sooners uh, play against uh, Missouri State. So we'll get into some college uh, football stuff, but I want to talk some NBA uh, right now following the crazy night uh, tonight, the Game 7. And, you know, as I was uh, saying a couple of minutes ago, if you're just joining us, I was talking about how, you know, we often overinflate things, um, you know, because, um, you know, we people have short memories. And there's not a lot of respect, it seems, amongst the younger generation for, like, an acknowledgement that anything ever happened before. That, like, stuff like, even Michael Jordan, right? Like, we always hear, oh, Michael Jordan and LeBron, Michael Jordan and LeBron. Like, you know, guys, like, you know, the NBA existed before Michael Jordan, right? Like, Michael Jordan's not the only, it's like, the, the NBA isn't Michael Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron. Right? You know, it's, it. It, it just, you know, it just, it just isn't. I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, Zion Williamson was voted like uh, higher in all-time best college basketball players than like Danny Manning was. <laughs> like, like really? Yeah, Danny Manning actually carried a team to a national championship. All right, I know Zion had some cool dunks and stuff, but like we live, we live in this instant gratification era all the time where we overinflate everything and make everything to be better than it is. Because, you know, you didn't see what happened before you or you don't even want to recognize that things existed before you. But with that being stated, I really do really hold the Mitchell-Murray duel in that high of a regard. I think it's something, you know, we'll remember for years to come. And, you know, hopefully these teams play again in the playoffs and then hopefully um, hopefully Utah are at full strength. Because you know, let's remember this. There, look, look at that battle that we just saw Utah and, you know, they were missing 20-plus points a game. All right, so the Utah Jazz have nothing to hang their head about. Uh, but just to put it in perspective, guys, that's that, that's only the 12th time that that's happened. It's only the 12th time in NBA history that a team has come back from being down three games to one. Um, so it actually is historic. You know, there's been a lot of basketball uh, played over the years, guys. So uh, the, the Nuggets being only the 12th uh, team to do this, very, very impressive. And, you know, we we brought this up uh, on Game Time Decisions before the game tonight. And for the record, we were on the Denver Nuggets. 
Um, but we brought it up that the Denver Nuggets had never come back from being down 3-1 before in franchise history in any series. And the Utah Jazz had never blown a 3-1 series lead before in franchise history. So we had some firsts uh, there. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers opened up as six-point favorites in game one on Thursday. And it surprises me um, that the number is a little bit higher, uh, actually. And I don't know. You know, it's it's one of these deals where everybody just watched Denver win, but everybody also thinks, yeah, they don't have any chance against the L.A. Clippers. I think, you know, I think, I think they have a chance against the Clippers, but the problem is there's not a lot of room for air. Like, look as, as good as Doncic was, and this dude is epic. As good as he was, like, he could only go six. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, there was only so far he could go. The Clippers are annoying, but they're damn good. You know, they are. They're damn good. They talk a lot. They're arrogant for dudes that have never won before. You know, to me, it seems like Kawhi sort of, you know, the, he, you know, they ride his coattails and run their mouse behind Kawhi. Uh, but the Denver's going to be in top. But let's let Denver celebrate this for a night. But just to put it in perspective, uh, they're only the 12th team um, in uh, NBA history to come back from trailing three games to one. So I hope that the Toronto Raptors have actually uh, paid attention to this and realized that it's only happened 12 times before. Now I don't know what the number is. I I don't I don't know what the number is um, for teams. Um, what the the percentages of teams that are up two games to none, and it's probably in the 80s to be honest. It's not good. It's not good. And there's no home court to 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 carry the Raptors. Whatever is going on, they're gonna have to figure out on their own. And you know, we never know what's going on in in a room. You know, Shams is gonna know. Um, you know, he's he's gonna um, he's gonna know. You know, rumors, trades. Uh, same with Woj, but especially with these guys in a bubble. Like, what what is anyone gonna know besides what a team really wants you to know? And I, I you know, we're not there, obviously. But something just doesn't seem right with the Toronto Raptors. And I'm not talking about their poorest shooting, which that ain't right. You know, we know that's a fact. Um, but something, you know, just the, the body language. Like, listen, they cruise, you know, against the Brooklyn Nets, yet so what? All right. And, you know, even their bench scoring 100 points, people celebrated it. I thought it was a little gaudy in, in a way. It is what it is because you look. So, yeah, whatever. They scored 100 points their bench against the Brooklyn Nets, but now Nick Nurse doesn't even trust any of these guys on the bench. He's got a very, very, you know, he's got no patience. He's got a very short rotation right now. And quite frankly, Nick Nurse, who is the winningest coach in NBA history, winning percentage of any coach that's coached at least 100 games in the NBA. And Nick Nurse very rarely, if ever, and in fact, we haven't seen him get out coached before. Right, like he is a master of matchups, and I he he seems to be having a problem figuring out how to stop Boston from getting all these open threes all the time. Like he he really is, and you know the Raptors' perimeter defense is being exposed. 
they give up a lot of threes like a lot of teams do in the NBA, but the Raptors also were up a lot. Um, so it's almost like a, a football team giving up passing yards, right? Yet the Raptors' perimeter defense really is being exposed uh, right now. And last year, the Raptors' success was really predicated on the interior, right? Like, they were successful against the Greek freak in the interior with Kawhi Leonard, with, you know, big Marcus All, with, with Sergi Baca, et cetera. And Boston really, you know, when Boston go into the paint, they're going in fast. They're slashing in fast. So it's taken away the Raptors' size advantage. The Raptors, I thought, would have a rebounding advantage coming into the series, but whatever. It doesn't matter if you have a rebounding advantage if the other team makes every damn shot that they make. And, you know, you've got to give credit to, to Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is, you know, just putting the Boston Celtics on his back right now. This kid has flirted with superstardom before. You know, he's sort of a star now, but, you know, there's every time that Jason Tatum is ready to take that next step, it seems like Danny Ainge adds another player to the rotation that just slows Jason Tatum down after. And you remember a couple of years ago, the Celtics were at their best when it was Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Terry Rozier. And they went on that run, right? But Danny Ainge is always tinkering, right? But Kemba Walker is a good fit for these guys. He's a good team guy. And you look at Kemba Walker, man. Kemba Walker's been hitting big shots his entire life, all right? He hasn't had the opportunity in NBA playoffs before, but you go back to the UConn days, you know, this guy's like a big game assassin. And you saw Kemba Walker, you know, tonight struggled all night, but stepped up late, hit big shots late uh, for the Boston Celtics. Very impressive uh, what the Boston Celtics are doing right now. Um, you know, the 6-6-0 six, six and oh in the bubble uh, in the playoffs, I mean, it's, it speaks for itself. And the way it looks right now, it looks like Boston and Miami are on a collision course, doesn't it? Yet, you know, about five days ago, it also looked uh, like the Denver Nuggets uh, were um, going to be looking for a new coach. <laughs> so, a, lo- a lot of things can happen. A, lo- a lot of things can happen uh, in, in, in a couple of games. I, uh, I think it's safe to say, though, the Toronto Raptors will not come back if they're down three games to none. The Raptors will not come back if they're down three games to none to the Boston Celtics. I don't I don't, I don't consider that a hot take. You know, that that's just a realistic take. That's reality. Uh that's reality right there. The next game, game three, is um is a must win. It's a mandatory, positively has to get to a Pittsburgh overnight win. Uh, for the Toronto Raptors, and there's no other way around it. But you look at the Toronto Raptors, guys, and the Toronto Raptors were 11 for 40. 11 for 40 from three-point um, land in the in a basketball game that they lost by three points. A lot of people will, will will see, oh, the wheels have fallen off for the Raptors. They're screwed. They're overwhelmed. They're really, you know what I mean? This is There's nothing complicated about it. You know, and as I stated, Nick Nurse has to figure out how to get, you know, get some hands in these guys' freaking faces a little bit more. But 
there's not as if though, you know what I mean? You go back after, you know, into the room after and you're like, I don't know, we can't figure it out. Like we we don't know how to beat these guys. It's more so you've got to make shots. You've got to make shots. And we'll get into Pascal Siakam uh, on the other side. But Pascal Siakam and Jason Tatum have often been compared. And it's not really fair when you consider Jason Tatum was a projected mega superstar and Pascal Siakam is a second-round pick. Uh, uh, Jason Tatum is outplaying Pascal Siakam right now. Portraits late night continues right now. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com rage it up sports rage with gabe morency rage all you want Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabe Amaranti. Going to get into some NFL football. I asked you guys uh, on Twitter, at Sports Rage, uh, Late Night Sports Rage uh, poll. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sports Rage. Uh, what are your NFL best bets uh, for the upcoming uh, season? It's now just nine days away. That's right. So we're going to get into some NFL football on level two, the second hour of this uh, program. We've already started our NFL uh, coverage. We talked NFL football on Sunday night. We talked it on Monday night. We'll continue. Uh, to talk uh, NFL uh, football. We'll give you the numbers, start uh, kicking the tires on this stuff. We're going to have to make our final decisions as to, um, you know, how we're going to approach this. You know, as far as, like, win totals are concerned, 16 games must be played. You know, let's say one team protests one week. What, are they going to make up the game? Like, what if they don't? What if COVID hits and there's a couple of cancellations? You know, we've seen with baseball, man, like, baseball's played, but it's also been very chaotic for a couple of teams. Right, so you know, win totals. I don't know. I I'm not telling you not to play win totals. I'm 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 almost curious. I'll throw another uh, question at you guys. Are you willing to play NFL win totals? But we'll get to that uh, after we break down this Raptor Celtic uh, situation. So uh, right now, FanDuel's got the the uh, Boston Celtics minus 500, Toronto Raptors plus 360 right now to come back uh, and win this series, and they can, they can. You know, they were down two games to none uh, before to Milwaukee. They were down two games uh, to one to uh, to Philadelphia. They've been they've been behind, you know, the eight ball before. And, oh, I, they don't have Kawhi. Anybody, anybody that tells you right now the Raptors' problem is they don't have Kawhi deserves to be punched in the freaking face, all right? Because, you know what? It means they haven't watched the Raptors all year, and now they're commenting on them. You have a lot of people who start commenting on the Toronto Raptors once the Toronto Maple Leafs get eliminated from the playoffs like they do every year very early. Then suddenly a bunch of people that don't watch basketball are all, you know, ripping Siakam and ripping Lowry and like, uh, you know, oh, they don't have Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that's their problem. Right? Yeah, that's, that, that's their issue. One of the best records in the NBA this year without Kawhi Leonard. Their issue is pretty simple. They're not hitting shots. It's very simple. This isn't rocket science. I mean, look, the final score was 102-99. And between Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry, your starting guards, you were three for 19 from three-point land. 
three for 19. Like three for 19. You know, I, I used to play in the NBA Hoop It Up uh, tournament, and they used to have a three-ball competition. And I entered the three-ball competition uh, once. And, you know, I think you got, like, 24 shots. And I choked pretty good. <laughs> I choked pretty good. But I think I hit six or seven. I did. Like, I, it was six or seven I hit. You know? And listen, I know I don't have NBA players in front of my <laughs> blocking me, but for the love of God. I mean, like, really? Like, three for 19, and we're not even adding up. We're not even getting into game one. Like, dude, you lose by three points. You're three for 19. You're two star players. And speaking of star players as well, Pascal Siakam is not playing like a star player. And, and you know, Pascal Siakam's growth was accelerated. You know what I mean? Like, he got really good, like, super fast. And then the Raptors really didn't have a choice, especially after losing Kawhi Leonard. And Pascal Siakam is still so young and raw, uh, but they had to pay him, right? So Siakam's in a tough spot right now where he's still, like, learning as an NBA player. He's not, like, Jason Tatum's further along than he is, right? So he's still learning. But the thing is, you're getting paid big money now. And, you know, people are expecting you to produce. You're an all-star, right? So you, you've got to play like it. And, you know, quite frankly, 17 points isn't enough. You know, one for four for, for, for three. I mean, you got a problem when OG is your, your leading scorer, guys. Like, when OG's got 20 points, and, and when OG's taking late threes, you got a problem as well. I know, bro, you're four for five, but come on. What I don't understand, you know, and we brought this up earlier, Nick Nurse. So Nick Nurse normally wins every, you know, coaching matchup. He does a great job. We got to tip our cap to Brad Stevens, all right? We got to tip our cap to, to Brad Stevens. We got, listen, man, Marcus Smart's balling right now. And I'll use the cliche, but Boston wanted more. They do. Like, they're, they're playing like a team that's trying to take something. You know what I mean? Like they want what the rap they want the glory the Raptors have, and they're taking it right now. And the Raptors aren't doing a whole hell of a lot to stop them from taking it. Like you look at the bench. Every time Boston scores, everyone's engaged. They're all like five, you know, pumping their fist. The assistant coaches are all like raw, raw. Everyone's raw, raw. The Raptors are just sitting there, and I think they're the Raptor players are confused on the bench, wondering like how come I'm not playing at all? You know, normally I did. How he doesn't trust the bench suddenly, and it's not just he doesn't trust the bench suddenly, but I don't understand, like, let's just get to it here. Marcus Gasol, Marcus Gasol was good last year as a defensive specialist in certain, you know, roles. And he hit a couple of threes for the Raptors, but, you know, really, you know, he, like I said, he's a specialist. Like, Marcus Gasol just plays too much. And Marcus Gasol gives you nothing offensively. You know, six points in 21 minutes. It's like, come on, dude. And, you know, Sergi Baca, I get it. Sergi Baca is better seemingly off the bench, but, but he still plays a lot of minutes. And listen, Sergi Baca ended up playing 27 minutes today. But it seems to me that good things happen when Sergi Baca is on the court. In the 27 minutes that Serge Ibaka is on the court, he scored 17 points. 
All right, he had nine rebounds. Pascal Siaka plays 43 minutes, had 17 points. You know what I mean? Like, Serge Ibaka has been around. He's been in big games. He's been in multiple NBA finals before. I, I don't understand. Uh, Norman Powell plays 13 minutes. Uh, Norman Powell plays 13 minutes. He's one for five. Like, basically, they were all terrible from three, and they lose by three points. So everybody that's hitting the panic button, you know, basically right now, this comes down to a law of averages and percentages, all right? It comes down to a law of averages and percentages, and you have to believe that the percentages are that the Raptors' three-point shots start to fall a bit. The problem is the Raptors aren't like a three-point shooting, like, deadly team, and they shouldn't be getting into a three-ball competition in the first place. You know, they're shooting too many threes. And then after, Nick Nurse is complaining about the, the officiating that the fouls aren't called. Well, coach, and I love you, coach, but your team took 43-point shots. Why? You know how hard it is to take 43-point shots and only score 99 points? Like, really? Like, that's not Raptor basketball. What the hell are you guys doing? Like, I don't know what the hell is going on in the bubble. You know, I, you know, ever since this little delay, and it's amazing, some teams have responded, some teams haven't. You know, the Boston Bruins were toast coming out of the, the, the delay and the protest stuff, right? I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks, same thing. Everybody thought, including my, you know, people thought, oh, the Raptors and the Bucks are on a collision course. The Milwaukee Bucks, same thing. They're like, they're, they're sleepwalking. And Miami want it. Jimmy Butler wants it. And 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 you're seeing Boston and Miami just want it more right now. Like if you know, and Toronto's right there, despite the fact they're not they can't shoot. Siakam one for four from uh, from three. Gasol zero for two. Lowry zero for seven. Kyle Lowry's my guy, but come on, you can't be zero for seven. Like, you know, like there's not a lot of room for error here if you're the Toronto Raptors. You know, you're not playing the Brooklyn Nets where you can drop a buck fifty on them here. So game three is, um, you know, game three is the series. Let's be real. I don't think anybody tuning in right now, what, wherever you are, whether you're watching us, whether you're listening to us, um, you know, whatever format, wherever you are, I don't think there's anybody out there that can say, oh, the Raptors will be fine if they're down three games to none. They won't be fine. It's like the gasket in Seinfeld's car. The gasket is fine. The gasket is not fine. When's the last time you got it checked? I don't know. Like I said, Nick Nurse, too, seems lost, like, in in the game. Like, he seems just sort of, like, he can't reach the players or he can't communicate or he doesn't know. I mean, you know, you got Raptors are, like, missing defensive assignments. They're running around. Like, they're lost. And, you know, listen, we got to give credit. You know, we could pick on the Raptors a lot here, but we got to give credit where credit's due. And you got to give credit to Brad Stevens. You got to give credit to Jason Tatum. And, you know, I've always been a big, big Marcus Smart fan. Marcus Smart scores 19, sort of a poor man's Jimmy Butler. Um, and I don't mean that despairingly. 
Uh, but, you know, Marcus Smart's just that guy that can do everything for you. Yeah, I remember when the Boston Celtics didn't want to pay him. I was hoping they wouldn't pay him so he would get out of my life, actually, to be honest. But here he is. And like I said, there was Kemba stepping up big with some shots. So game game three, man. Game three, that series is going to be on the line. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I do think there's some value with the Raptors right now at plus 360 and more out there. I do think the Raptors are going to win game three. I legitimately believe that they will win game three. but. The Raptors have put themselves in a very, you know, precarious situation right now. Because even if they win game three, they need to win game four. They can't go down 3-1 either, right? So there's not a lot of room for air right now for the Raptors. But I haven't, um, I haven't abandoned in, I haven't abandoned in ship. And in fact, I would recommend you taking the Raptors at plus 360. I think, uh, I think they legitimately can come back. Look, they win. You can take it one game at a time, but they they win. They win game three. The number drops back down to about plus one fifty or so, plus one forty, plus one fifty, and that's a big. There's a big difference between that and getting a plus three sixty that's out there right now. Look, you know, like you, Marcus Smart's not going six for eleven from three every game. All right, I love Marcus Smart, but I don't know where the hell this is coming from. You know, Jason Tatum. All right. Jason Tatum's going to get his. He scored 34 points. They need to do a better job. And this is where we get back to Siakam here. Where Pascal Siakam, he's getting frustrated. Basically, Tatum is lighting him up. You know, you saw late in the game, there was like an ankle breaker almost. Like Siakam ended up falling on his ass and falling backwards. and, And... Siakam, like, you know, there there was a play where Van Fleet was all alone, and it was like a clear layup for Van Fleet. And for some reason or another, Siakam decides to block out the Boston Celtic players and, like, basically, like, elbow them and shove them. And then he complains after, but it's like, dude, there was no reason to do that. The only reason you did that is because they're hounding you when you have the ball, and you're getting frustrated. So you can just tell the frustration Tatum scores on one end, and then Siakam turns it over on the other end, and he's getting really frustrated. And quite frankly, you know, last year this would happen at times, and Nick Nurse would sit him down. I guess he feels he can't sit him down, but Siakam's out there for 43 minutes. I think he needed a breather, man. I think he needed to sit down and just calm things down. Sports Race Late Night continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. That was a, a supersized, big gulp, uh, rapid, uber fast uh, first hour of the program. Level one already winding down. We'll send it to Las Vegas, Nevada, and level two, Tony Finn will step up and in. We'll talk some NFL uh, futures. I fired off a poll question uh, on Twitter, and I see my Twitter's lighting up, so we'll see what uh, you guys uh, got as far as NFL best bets. Uh, I'll agree or disagree. And uh, you know what? If I like it, I'll copy it and I'll tail it. 
because I don't mind uh, making money if you guys have a nice uh, winning NFL uh, future pick. Like I said, MVP, um, rookie of the year, MVP, division, win total, Super Bowl, you know, whatever you think, whatever your angle is. And, you know, now with the NFL season, what, it's nine days away, um, I guess probably, I don't know, maybe we'll do it later in the week. Because um, I believe we're off, actually, for the holiday um, next Monday. And then we're back on the 8th, like a couple of days, that Tuesday before. Um, you know, don't hold me to it, but I think so. Um, so, but basically, I'll give you, like, my top 10 best NFL future bets. And I, I bet every one of them. Like, I'm not just going to give you stuff and not bet it. I'm going to bet everything that I give you. And I'm already seeing a couple. You know, I told you I like Jonathan Taylor. You know, and you know what, guys? C.D. Lamb was sort of discounted on this show as a Rookie of the Year candidate. I'm not discounting this kid. Yeah, you know what? They have Elliott. Yeah, I know. They've got a bunch of good wide receivers already there. But, man, I watched C.D. Lamb. I remember the first time I saw C.D. Lamb play a couple of years ago, before he was even a star there. There was a game, I think it was against Baylor, and I know Sooner Lease is in the house. Uh, in our chat, so she remember. Remember, it was against Baylor, and they were getting killed, and their other, I guess it was, I think it was Marky, I think it was Hollywood Brown got hurt in the game. And basically, like, they lost all, everyone's getting hurt for Oklahoma, and C.D. Lamb, like, basically, like, single-handedly, like, carried the Sooners. And I, I saw this kid, I was like, man, that's the next Tyree Kill. Hopefully, he's just like Tyree Kill on the field and not off the field. Portrays late night continues. Bring it. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.